Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Kevin Anderson. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The Q stands for questions, and the news stands for news. Or maybe someday just new, if we only have one piece of news. This is Four Center, ends and cues. That's right. <laughs> cues. And I am still, look, I'm still, uh, my text messages... And they're not quite my mom's essays on text message, but I st- I'm still a complete sentence guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty close to the old like uh, Civil War letter of Dearest Jonathan. It has been a fortnight since we have texted. <laughs> uh, so we're diving into all things Star Wars and tech. We'll be getting on our Razor phones to send uh, uh, text-based messages to each other. Uh, we got some great questions from all of you. Interesting news. Some stuff we've even talked about before, but it's uh, in the news and confirmed again. Uh, whoa, well, before we do all that, though, let's remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com. Slash Four Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm just making up places to listen to books uh and uh you can uh, a little bit later we're gonna force center recommends you can get an audio book on us we got a bit of a homework assignment again this week so that is one offer but joseph that's not all that's right we've been running this other uh, offer it is from insight editions they are a publisher of a ton of great books in general but specifically great star wars books they are offering 35 percent off across their website with a special force center code and you can get uh, this discount by entering the coupon code FC35, or you can visit the website with the specific link insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. And this week, uh, we're recommending uh, to pre-order a book that is going to come out on May 4th. This is the time of the year where we start looking forward to the grand Star Wars holiday May 4th, and the new book that is coming out uh, from Insight Editions is Star Wars galactic baking you can get a discount on it with the code fc35 and this is just they've had some other cooking books they've got the great galaxy's edge one this is just a straightforward a trip across the galaxy can uh some of the recipes that are in this are the uh, mustafarian molten lava cakes cloud city marshmallows life day cake loath cat kibble 
Keshian spice bread and Dagobah bog pie, just to name a few. Uh, which of those are are you excited to eat? Uh, the Mustafar lava cake might be, uh, but I'm t- uh, this this might be a Ken purchases uh, book here. Uh, first of all, I, you know I, I I had the notes up. I made notes on it yesterday. I didn't. This is our you know ad copy, so I'm not going to stare at it. As I was uh, listening to you talk, I glanced down and I thought Galactic Banking. That's a weird book. <laughs> <laughs> it it's written from the perspective of the Muns. Yep, it's really really in depth. Uh, it's a lot of information about how interest works on different planets in Star Wars. It's you know it's dense, but it's informative. I kind of want it now. I kind of want it, but I also <laughs> want galactic baking. I would happily take uh, different Star Wars characters' financial advice. Right, mm-hmm. uh, everything from uh, from Watto to Palpatine, how to handle your money. The Star Wars book. That's a good uh, a good weird comedy book. Uh, but for this one, galactic banking, baking, baking, not banking. <laughs> uh, I just, I love the, I, I always love these kind of books. I love the, you know, they're, they've got this great sort of like um, uh, show personship of like, hey, you, it, the Cloud City marshmallows are less of food and more a sculpture when you look yeah. at the picture of them. Uh, but then some other ones are just like, yeah, no, spice bread. That sounds great. I would love to eat that. And then imagine that I'm eating illegal spice from Kessel <laughs> while I'm just eating a delicious loaf of bread. <laughs> it's laced with drugs. This bread is laced with drugs. <laughs> That's the one that jumps out at me. Keshi and spice bread, if you know what I mean. No, 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 no. Wanna have some spice bread? <laughs> I want to rethink my life and eat the Keshi and spice bread at the same time. That's awesome. So check out all of that. I really do love what they put over uh, put out over an inside edition. So uh, check it out on us. Uh, offers for you, our Force Center friends, uh, Star Wars Life Adventures, all those things. It's been a busy week again for a lot of people in the world, a lot of you listening, and for Joseph and I as well. So, Joseph, I, I, I'll tell you right now, not a lot of Star Wars adventures unless you count two depressing spins down the toy aisle. Well, I definitely, you know, I, I can't wait. I want to hear about your life adventures first. I want to hear about what your your depressing toy aisle yeah. adventures were. Yeah, let's let's serve the veggies before uh, you have the spice bread uh, fun here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've had a couple uh, uh, make the trips to, to, to what we call a big target around these spots because we have a tiny mini target near us and a big one. So it was a big target. I need to go get some stuff. And, um, you know, going to take that swing. And uh, Grace was like, ah, you're going to do it? I'm like, I'm going to do it. And it was, it was nothing, nothing. There was, there was a ton of, of Grogu's plush and stuffed and robotic Grogu's. God bless them. <laughs> Love it all. But the figures just empty blank section. And nothing. I get it. Again, we always talk. We're in a different toy era, but it just a little part of your heart just kind of breaks, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're in this weird place where it seems like there is not the demand to make the shelves robust. Like the actual Star Wars section is, you know, quite a bit smaller than it has been at different uh, different times. Uh, But we're also at a time where there is enough demand that the small section is always empty for the most part. Right. And it's really frustrating. They're just like, obviously, there is a certain amount of demand because somebody bought all of these. And then here I am walking up wanting to buy them and they're not there. (laughs) But no, no immediate plan to refill all the grief cargas that were on the rack that I saw that I wanted. I wanted it. I was like, I, you know, I can't not have grief uh, in my collection. I love them so much. And then uh, gone, but gone and nothing backfilled. It, it's depressing. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I like I was t- talking about my Star Wars adventures last week. I I think it is a it's a target that I've had luck at. It's maybe a little less traveled by collectors for some reason. And mm-hmm. like I said, it was great to see Dark Ray, Quill, Jar Jar. Right. Uh, there are only a few Jar Jar, but three and three quarter. Like at this point, I feel like it is like a. a an old myth to whisper like do you know that they say once upon a time there were three and three quarter action figures at target <laughs> and, and look and I'll, I'll i'm all about checking old old style mom and pop toy shops there's just you know fortunately not a lot left we know and um i don't have one nearby but well, i'll check them too uh in the in the pursuit of uh the joy of getting a figure off the rack you, yeah i could press add to cart like anybody and that's fine and that's fun but uh there's something about pulling it off the rack and putting it in your basket. It's an earned, yeah. it's an earned toy. <laughs> add to basket yeah. is better than than add to cart in my yeah. in my opinion. It's a it's a better, more robust experience. I, uh, any other Star Wars experiences then, or, uh, or life adventures? Other than Force Center related, which sometimes uh, counts in a way because it hits you in a different way, but nothing much. Uh, Kind of head down, uh, nose to the grindstone kind of work week for me, which has been which has been a blast. I actually love working. I'm pro- I, am, I, I am the laziest workaholic, meaning I just want to work real hard to one day never have to work again. Um, <laughs> and and this is all fun work. So, but at one of those weekends, so yeah, not a lot, not a lot. Yes, no. I've often told people that my true life goal is to feel like I have done enough cool stuff so I can just sit on the couch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we are we are of the same uh, persuasion there. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, I had a, a head down uh, working week as well. Um, I've been having a lot of fun uh, reading Into the Dark. I'm about uh, sixty pages in, really enjoying mm-hmm. that as always. Uh, that was a nice bit of Saturday afternoon uh, for my wife and I. I had some quality couch time uh, with some old Doctor Who episodes, and then I switched to a different galaxy and uh, read Into the Dark for a while. Uh, but you know, the Star Wars adventure that I had. Mm. Uh, it, which is, it's not really homework. It was just uh, a, a joyful homework, I guess. Anyway, yeah. my wife and I are going to do an episode of uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, about the Muppet Show because it oh, was, yeah. you know, a great love of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah realized that she'd seen a bunch of Muppet stuff. She'd seen a bunch of Muppet references, but she hadn't really seen the Muppet Show proper that was just added to Disney+. Plus. So uh, we've been watching, you know, an episode here, an episode there. And last night we watched the... Um, Mark Hamill's Star Wars episode, yes. which, you know, I've seen as an adult, but I haven't seen in several years. And it was really, really fun uh, to see again with mm. all of the Star Wars talking that we do. And with all of that sort of, you know, in my mind to watch that great episode. I love that. I, yeah, I'm excited for the Muppets show to show up. I, I actually sat down uh, this week while I was working. I watched about the first four episodes, a uh, big part of my youth as well, like you. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm kind of working my way up to the Hamill one. I'm excited and some good pigs in space. I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. And we've been jumping around. Um, we started with a later season with uh, Gene Kelly because my, mm-hmm. my wife is, you know, a dancer and big fan of old Hollywood like myself. And we've been watching a lot of Gene Kelly movies. So we actually yeah. <laughs> we had a super weird double feature. Like neither of us had ever seen Xanadu and we <laughs> wanted to see Xanadu. And it's like, let's watch the Muppet episode with Gene Kelly. And that will be like the trailer for Xanadu. And boy, was it a weird experience. Uh, But the Mark Hamill, like just, you know, as as many people on social media have noted that clearly at the time, the intention for the big finish is, you know, let's uh, of the that episode of Muppet Show is uh, let's do a medley of songs with the word star in them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, ending with a when you wish upon a star, knowing that 
the Muppets and Star Wars will both be bought by Disney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is this weird, like, the will of the force? The will of the industry? I don't know. Uh, but you know what I really appreciated is... Um, is really i don't think i've ever really really watched it with the i'm gonna put my historian hat on before i watch it i'm gonna look up the air date Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna really process it not from any point of uh nostalgia but i'm gonna process it from what was known and unknown about star wars at that time and knowing that it came out you know in in the u.s uh in february of 1980 before empire and seeing that joke that's really funny for just a Muppet show joke of uh, Dirth Nader uh, and there's the joke about like who could that be under the mask and then there's the big profile turn and you see it's Gonzo's nose and it's could not be anyone but Gonzo great Muppet show joke but then knowing that that's kind of like a poking at there's a mystery yeah about who Vader is and maybe you'll find out more in the theater kids <laughs> it's yeah oh that's a good, that's a great context i i had forgot it was that close to empire i thought it always moves maybe post new hope closer to that but uh that's a, that's a great pull yeah it's definitely like in my memory of when i saw it i think i must have uh you know watched a rerun mm. uh mm-hmm. because i i am 99% sure you know those young memories are foggy that i saw it you know after empire but who knows mm-hmm. who knows uh, but it was a joy to see yeah, we we could uh, do Muppet Center. We could grab our pal Tony Thaxton. I was watching his tweets uh, all week uh, and weekend because uh, we all kind of share experiences. I my big confession, I'll tell you this: I used to be nervous that they were messing up in front of a live audience in that theater. <laughs> I always had a sense of tension. It really worked for me as a kid. <laughs> they can really convince you that uh, there are high stakes and everything really can and <laughs> will fall apart. They did. yeah so that was a that was a really fun star wars adventure and uh hopefully we're going to be having some more muppet adventures uh hopefully hopefully indeed uh from uh the muppets of yesteryear to the star wars news of now let's look at some star wars headlines and get ready for real this time it's really happening the Bad Batch is coming. Here they come. We uh, rumors of uh, we're out there trying to take away the fun of the big reveal, but hey, it's uh, it's confirmed now. The Bad Batch will debut on May fourth. But check your local listings for specific release dates around the world. Uh, I know some of those can vary. And then this will be followed up. The second episode will follow shortly on Friday, May seventh. It is a week of Bad Batch and episodes every Friday thereafter. Until this season is done. Oh my gosh, 10, 12, 20? I can't remember how many episodes we get. I didn't look that up. Uh, you know, I tried to look it up and I don't know. I Ooh. could not find it on a quick Google. So, Ooh. 31 mm. episodes of The Bad Batch coming our <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this is, we've talked a lot about uh, this show and our varying opinions and excitement levels that are sometimes have changed for me. It's like, eh, okay, eh, but at the end of the day, it's all new Star Wars and I'm very excited. So, now, now that we have a date, Joseph, are you ready? And what do you think about this release strategy? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm super ready. I, I know I've I've uh, said before on uh, on our news discussions why I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for the the world building, seeing that sudden realization in the galaxy of like, yay, the war is over and we're a stronger government now. We're not a republic. We're an empire. Wait, uh oh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to being in that time period. Uh, the idea of separatist embers that need to be put out is mm-hmm. thrilling to me. 
I hope they're going to get into the sudden rise of crime lords, uh, very beginning of rebellion. Mm. Lots of great world building uh, possibilities for this exact era of Star Wars and the perspective of clones. Also just really excited for the Echo perspective. Every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like those episodes of Clone Wars. But then like, yeah, but Echo joined them. And that's going to change the dynamic when Echo is one of the main characters. So those are the couple of things that I'm, you know, excited about for the actual show and and hopeful that we're going to get to see. Yeah, the Echo thing is, I I love that you pointed that out. Yeah, because... This is those episodes, the Bad Batch, you could say backdoor pilot, though the episodes were constructed years ago, but to finally get to see him. But yeah, the Echo thing is just uh, to take that, I guess, what, pure clone perspective? I don't know. And someone who made that choice. Choice is big with these clones. And we discussed in that in the upcoming week and in the Clone Wars report with the Deserter episode coming up. I think that's going to be an interesting little wrinkle indeed. It will take it from beyond just uh, Star Wars A-Team. Uh, maybe a little oomph, which is something I'm excited for. And we've, and we've discussed that, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm really excited, too, to just see kind of how they're going to build out this sort of core idea and theme that's going on with the Bad Batch of they are clones who are different, right? So they right. arise from something that is supposed to be rigid. The clones are all supposed to be the same. So they mm-hmm. just their existence really gets into the heart of this uh, big Star Wars idea that I really like of the organic versus the rigid, you know, starting way back with uh, do you listen to the targeting computer or do you right. uh, use the force and, and follow your feelings? Um, and, and that's so baked into what the Bad Batch is. And then Echo's gone through this experience where he has he, he was made to be, you know, mechanical against his will. And now he's incorporating that as a part of who he is. Mm. And then that's all set against the story of the rise of the empire where their power is all in rigidity and control and sameness. So I'm just really interesting to see like this core idea of star Wars to me is just super baked into this concept. And I'm really curious to see what different things are going to have to say about that idea. Yeah, well, you know, this is could be one of those eras. Um, I think we're always interested, especially prequelists like ourselves, of the the moments and days and weeks right after the the fall of the of the Republic. Uh, but to 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 really take a look at it from the inside, I, I hope I hope they uh, you know um, pull back the curtain, so to speak, and maybe see a little bit more, and also just some fun action, some pew pew, Fennec Shand, all those kind of cool things. And but I I, I, I hope they take some big swings. Yeah, and it, yeah, the Pew Pew and the Fennec Shand are both going to be there for sure, and I'm super excited about those as well. Yeah. Um, I, Ken, I don't know if you are fascinated by this, but I have been fascinated by just the release schedule and just the the weird new time that we're in. Yeah, uh, that obviously content is 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 the ruler. Everybody wants more content because that's what keeps people excited about streaming. It's what gets people to sign up. Mm. Um, and there's been this kind of slow. Disney Plus started right with his promise of just a mountain of of content, in particular Star Wars and Marvel. Mm. And we're now the machinery is now really up and rolling. And, you know, I, I had this conversation that I was talking about a couple episodes ago uh, with my friend Ken Plume, podcaster, uh, brings me to Dragon Con, great guy all around, Muppet expert. Check him out on mm. social media for some great Muppet threads. Um, and we were just we were just kind of nerding out about all the great stuff and we're saying hey he was asking me when bad batch was going to come out and i was like i know it's 2021 and then we both together were like okay well they probably want to let marvel shine so they're going to let uh wandavision finish oh but then uh falcon winter soldier is coming out so i bet that'll be you know spring and then he was like spring it's going to be may 4th so like (laughs) you know we talked out this release schedule uh 
And it's really interesting to me that Falcon and Winter Soldier is only six episodes. So it will be over right before we get this launch of Bad Batch, first on May 4th, but then following in, falling into that now familiar and coveted uh, Friday right. drop place. Um, mm-hmm. And then Loki premieres June 11th. So unless Bad, Bad Batch is really short, eventually they're going to overlap. And I'm, I'm just kind of intrigued what that's going to do to the, the pop culture conversation. Because right now it's like we kind of have this... Uh, for myself as a fan of both Star Wars and MCU, it's just like I have this uh, long ongoing feast and like I have to get up early on Friday. You know, I used to stay up late for Mandalorian. Right. Now I get up early Friday mm-hmm. <laughs> for WandaVision. And like at some point then by June, if Bad Batch is a little bit longer, there's the possibility that like I got to I stay up late for a Bad Batch and get up early for a Loki. <laughs> that, uh, man, that, that almost makes me. No, that's number one. Interesting, indeed. Uh, the business of this all, and when they do it, and how they know. And May Fourth makes a lot of sense. But then, yeah, following up with Loki. So if they're doubling up those episodes, yeah, I wonder. This is probably what eight, eight episode season, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to lock it in. I only because I'm coming coming from the perspective of uh, to your maybe your question there of just like do they do they want it to overlap? Is that smart? Can will they have to eventually? Uh, yeah. overlap and is this a way to do it bad batch isn't mando it isn't even kenobi it's it, it, it which I, I i by the way i kind of like a little bit of buffer between these the live action shows to let them all breathe a little bit if that makes sense yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i i and i, I think we could handle having the overlap as nerds with this bounty of content in our life. <laughs> yeah i think just something i think it's somebody something is going to have to give with that Friday spot because I think it has turned out to be such a huge success to have the weekly episodes right and, mm-hmm. and give people time to discuss and debate and and write uh, think pieces about what is going to happen next and all that has clearly been a great I think viewer experience for the most part because I, I that's what I see maybe other people don't like it but all the conversation I see or have is enjoying the weekly drop yeah uh, but it's kind of now between you know, Mando and WandaVision both working really well in this Friday spot to generate that conversation over the weekend mm. and into the next week. You know, are, are we going to get to a point where like, you know, Mondays are Star Wars and Fridays are, right. you know, <laughs> MCU or, you know, how that's going to balance out? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be pushing for Mondays uh, <laughs> for recording purposes. Um, <laughs> That'll be that. Yeah. I mean, the business of the, I mean, we're in a crazy time. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I, I have, to, I have to cancel one streaming service, sign up for another. I just got the, and, and, and I like it. I, I, I've adjusted pretty easily. I, even though I'm part of the generation that's like, look, it's five o'clock, local news is on, and then some show, game show, then a primetime sitcom. <laughs> I grew up in that era. <laughs> but you could count on your watch what was on TV. Um, but I, I like the the world of possibilities and, and Bad Batch is uh, could be, yeah, could be not, not, not I don't want to say experiment, but just kind of uh, seeing if they can keep that ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't I don't expect Bad Batch to drive the amount of traffic mm-hmm. in the general public as Mandalorian did. So that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, kind of how they handle that. But I know uh, for you and I, we will be excitedly watching every episode as they drop. Absolutely. Bad Batch coming May 4th. We'll be ready with, I guess, the 
bad batch report. We'll work on what we're going to do with that ourselves <laughs> here too, which is part of the question of, are we ready? We have to make sure we are too structurally here at four center. Uh, next headline. Uh, this is a little bit of deja vu as well. Daisy Ridley leaves the star Wars door ajar. Your star Wars door is ajar while promoting her new movie chaos walking with Tom Holland. Daisy Ridley was asked about star Wars and what she returned. This is an interview on GameSpot.com. Uh, reported by every other website out there. She said, I'm always open to a revisit, but also the beautiful thing is this wonderful, huge universe with all these stories that have yet to be told. I think there's a lot of cool things to be made before any potential revisit. Speaking more generally about our time, take her time making Star Wars. Uh, Ridley said she had a wonderful time making them, even if she's saying goodbye to Ray for now. I don't think it'll, it'll ever feel properly like goodbye because it's just such a wonderful little web of people. It's a really nice club to be part of. Plus, I had such a good time. I love my experience in terms of revisiting the character. I think that's a bye-bye for now. And then the final note here, she did mention, though, that seeing Mark Hamill in Mandalorian, quote, floored her. So we're going to put that all into a big uh, conversation bowl here. Joseph, reach <laughs> in for some chips and salsa on Daisy Ridley uh, and the door of Star Wars ajar. Uh, what do you think about all this? And let's maybe look to the future from where we are now to what we might want uh, Ray uh, to return for. Yeah, yeah. I think that this uh, article on GameSpot is quoting part of an Empire article that I think oh, really? is not out yet. But then I'm sure everybody is quoting uh, GameSpot. <laughs> well, and then because MovieWeb ran it, and I, you know, I got nothing against these websites. I don't know. But then like some people were crediting MovieWeb. It's, yeah. Yeah, who knows anymore? <laughs> Sometimes it's really yeah. simple, but yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I want a website that's just called Dubious Source at this point. So you just <laughs> know from when you click on dubioussource.com that you got to dig for where did it actually come from? Which web of sites is being quoted? Yeah. But these all are legitimate quotes, it looks like. But I mean, I think that's always my, mm -hmm. my reaction uh, that, uh, I'll be honest, I clicked through to the uh, full Empire uh, review and I don't know if it's uh, available yet or not because there was a massive pop-up that wanted me to you know tell them about you know my birth date and you know mm. uh, where different scars are on my knees in order to get past the pop-ups and I didn't feel like it this morning so I didn't <laughs> so I don't know honestly if the full empire uh, yeah. review or uh, interview is up not but uh, when it is if it's not now uh, I really look forward to reading the whole interview because I always like to just see the context yeah. um, but I think these seem like quotes that are that are similar to things that she maybe said other places during this yeah. uh round of promoting chaos walking mm -hmm. so for me there's very much a you know she's being open she's being friendly she's always great uh, has great energy i think in these interviews but it's also like i am prepared to answer the star wars questions and here's my answer yeah i'm open to it someday uh i don't see a need for it right this second mm -hmm. um and i think that's just like a I think it's a clear, consistent, and honest answer from her. And, and you know, this is the part that is uh, that is you and I revisiting stuff. Of I love Ray's journey. I love that end with her having, you know, learned from the past, but taking her step forward into the future with her awesome yellow blade that is built from her past and her life experience. And there's a part of me every time I watch Rise of Skywalker, they're just like, I want nothing <laughs> but the adventures of Jedi Knight Ray Skywalker right now. There, mm. There's a huge part of me as a fan that that's what I want. But I also just understand, you know, 
let the character breathe, you know, and let's catch up with the character once Daisy Ridley has had some other life experiences. Let's catch up with the character once we as a culture have, you know, rested on the, the great uh, sequel squabbles mm-hmm. <laughs> and and let the character take a step forward and be experiencing something new so we can all take that the legacy that's been created with the character in the sequel trilogy and take a step into the future with that character so there is something new uh, for both Daisy Ridley and Ray to explore. Yeah, there's something, uh, they're letting it breathe for a lot of different reasons, but I, I love what you said about uh, just Daisy herself, not that... Uh, we want her to go experience a heartbreak or tragedy, bring back to the character. But I am interested right now, why I say looking to the future from 2021 and the last few years behind us now as Star Wars fans, I and seeing Mandalorian, seeing Luke and Mandalorian uh, in, in, in the Mandalorian uh, season finale, I could see another property, another Star Wars story where Rey shows up in a different capacity. I would love to see the adventures of, of Jedi Rey like, like you would too. But just... Um, you know, Ray showing up in, in kind of a, a almost a spiritual wizard wave of, of to help another character or to appear. I, I don't know. There's something kind of intriguing of that. If you could just revisit it almost in a one shot of another show that we haven't even dreamed of yet. Um, yeah. Well, and if the uh, if the guesses are right from the little bit of language they've used for the Rogue Squadron movie, if it is set uh, after the sequel trilogy, there is, you know, plenty of possibility of the idea of. Jedi Knight Ray Skywalker floating around that those characters are aware of her, you know? Yeah, I don't, what is it? Is it, is it Spartacus where, um, the feet of Jesus show up to, to help Charles Madison? <laughs> is that the one? I'm, I'm not as great in my classic movies as I used to be. Um, yes. That, uh, may, maybe. I, yeah. I used to go to a Spartacus party every year uh, where my, my movie, uh, classic movie obsessed friend yeah. uh, timed it so that the end of the film happened as there was little sun breaking uh wow wow <laughs> uh, so i've seen spartacus a few times but i don't remember i can't uh, that yeah. particular reference but uh, yeah um i i, I that, that could work yeah yeah let's start a rumor uh ray daisy ridley says uh, she ray returns in rogue squadron you heard it here i love that what you're the rumor you're trying to start is uh ray's boots will appear ray's in boots. rogue squadron they're made for walking and healing uh you heard it here at movie barf dot Dot stop, stop, dot stop it now. Um, yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's where I think, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see it. Yeah. The, the answer is nothing particularly new. We don't even need to dwell on it too much, but I, it's, it's encouraging, uh, to, to hear that she had a good time. And by the way, I just not comparing against the other performance experiences and those who've uh, spoken out, uh, you know, about some of the good, th- good things and bad things about being in star Wars, John Boyega, uh, in particular, who golden globe winner, John Boyega, we should have. Um, not contrasting and comparing the stories, but I, I just like hearing the, that uh, Daisy Ridley herself looks back with uh, fondness on, on her time in the galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But you had this great question about what Ray stories you want to see in the future. Do you have story Ray stories that you, you long for in the future? I, I, other than the, the, the showing up to help uh, and, and just being part of someone else's journey, I think unlike Luke running, you know, running away, oh yeah, running away, uh, failing and everything. I, I, I would love to have some sort of success in setting up, not to say Jedi school, but the next generation and seeing after a while and having a chance to look back on Ray post rise Skywalker, uh, 
going and, and, and experiencing being a Jedi, experience restarting things, maybe experiencing uh, love, maybe experiencing the loss of love, maybe the loss of life, maybe those around her, maybe uh, the loss of the, the diminishing of the connections, those friendships that used to be strong and life just takes you away. And just being a, looking back the journals of Ray and, and seeing everything and just kind of seeing the galaxy through hers, her eyes and not necessarily having her directly affiliated all the time with the new new Republic or whatever comes after. And, you know, if there's a giant war and, and the Yuzon Vong uh, show up, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> she fights in that, but you know what I mean? Like uh, the journals of Ray looking back uh, almost like uh, she's uh, dropping a necklace on the Titanic. Uh, <laughs> on the Titanic. <laughs> this much experience would be an interesting take for me. It's been 84 parsecs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I know the measurement uh, discussion. Um, yeah, I think there, when I was thinking about this, I think what's interesting to me uh, of, you know, exploring her as a character, mm-hmm. um, you know, what parts of being a Jedi challenge her. I think, you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about her journey being co- complete, I think Rey uh, needed to to find out that that she didn't need to wait for anyone else, that she was the next generation, that she was the hope, that she was the rightful, you know, wielder of, of the blade, the mantle of the Jedi. But then along with that, there was also the story of what she wanted was community. She wanted friends and family and she wanted to be a part of something uh, that that makes stories of her as a teacher really interesting to me as a, as a mentor or a, a parent. If she's, you know, restarting the Jedi order of, you know, how does she handle being that person who is stepping into that leadership role? Even the Lego thing, you know, was dealing with that immediately yeah. for her trying to train Finn. It's to me, it's a really interesting place for her to go of like, I found my strength. I found my community. Now I kind of have this responsibility of, of creating a kind of community uh, by being a, a Jedi teacher. And how do I deal with that? And that's really, I think that's really interesting to me because we got to see these great stories of the original trilogy characters in the sequel movies of when they're you know older and they're it is it is time for them to truly pass on the baton Mm. um but and with obi-wan we got the story of the teacher actively trying to train the padawan but so much of the storytelling was was about anakin and it always had the Mm. shadow of the tragedy over it i think there's something that we haven't truly on screen seen the sort of teacher in their prime, you know, yeah, yeah, in their thirties, forties, and the younger generation characters are there, but it's not their story. This is a story about the thirty-five-year-old teacher. Like yeah. that would be really interesting to me about Ray because we haven't on screen we've seen it, but it hasn't been the focus on the mentor. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the idea of a. Uh of a little bit of success <laughs> in redoing this for yeah i, I could get behind that nice and, nice yeah all right and, and yeah not having to be like uh, star wars harry potter which just gets pitched a lot which is not not a bad idea at all on any level um but yeah just uh yeah focusing on the teacher i like that idea yeah yeah uh raise jedi school where you don't spend a lot of time with the kids <laughs> yeah it's it's harry potter if it was all about the teachers you just have a couple of Padawan being like, I saw, I saw, I saw Master uh, Skywalker. Uh, she was getting a hamburger at a restaurant. I saw her. She had a car, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Truly wonderful is the mind of a child. Uh, Liam, finish your food. Uh, <laughs> Close the shades and eat your sandwich, eat your Liam. Sandwich. Uh, final, uh, final little story of the day here. Kind of fun one here. 
Star Wars Pinball VR is on the way. Yes, yeah, so this is coming April 29th from Zen Studios. Now, this is a long-running series. I don't have it. I don't play it. But I love pinball in real life. So the virtual reality version uh, has me intrigued, even though I don't have anything to play it on right now. Eight tables will be included in this uh, set, including a Mandalorian-themed one. So, Joseph, first thing I, I need to know is your thoughts on pinball as a form of entertainment. And then what other VR Star Wars games do we want after this one? Uh, I very much enjoy pinball. I am not a pinball wizard (laughs) and never have been. Uh, I've I've hung out with a couple of friends who are like pinball wizards who are like, you know, while you play for a very short few minutes because you're not going to play very long, my friend will tell me about the history of this machine and when they got the high score and how like, so I feel like I've had kind of a peek into the world of being a true pinball obsessive because I've had some fun friends and I just, I love the weird aesthetic of them of yeah. that they're they're kind of this you know this game that is so simple it means you have to be an absolute master because it has mm-hmm. such nuance in its simple rules uh of physics uh but then it's also just the fact that they are also like these little cabinets that are just strange celebration of particular pop culture yeah. moments uh so i i am not a huge pinball person but i i'm really intrigued by them i really like them yeah yeah, I, I, I am. I, I, I am not great. I have my moments. I have my moments. I'm like Han on pinball. But I, when I'm in Vegas, if I got a time, I'll swing, uh, swing over to the pinball museum, which is really just like a, uh, a like a warehouse with a banner on it. It's, and you just play <laughs> old video games, including the original Star Wars game. Yeah, so I like it. Uh, I like it. I like the Star Wars ones. Yeah, it's weird. You're a Simpsons fan, or you're like, oh, pinball, uh, kiss pinball. I need it. Yeah, it's it, it's fun in its own way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, the Phantom Menace one, mm-hmm. you know, I have definitely seen and definitely enjoy. And pretty much any time I see it, I have to take a picture of it, even though I have plenty of pictures of it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah. you know, with the power of VR, uh, you know, running rapid these days, there, kids, um, what other Star Wars like kind of game would you want that isn't, you know, you being a Jedi fighting uh, the ghost of Vader or anything like that? Like what other kind of we got pinball? What, what do you want Star Wars related? I'm just going to be real honest because like, you know, sometimes the games I've wanted, I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that kind of exists. And, uh, and I don't have the time or the physical space. I will break everything in my home if I swing a lightsaber mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, in VR. And I know I could, you know, I could get, there's those great Vader games, right? That yep. great Galaxy's Edge one looks, I was also going to say like, I want just one where you can hang out at a bar. Like, well, that's yeah. the, you can do that in Galaxy's Edge and just hang out with that. Yeah. bartender so i think the honest answer for me is i want a, a jedi meditation vr game that is about sitting quietly i want it to just be actual meditation like yeah. a really calm yoga video with tara sanube that's what i want it's not weird at all i mean not at all i think this is great plus parents you know if you if you get some uh, you know rambunctious kids like sit and do your star wars meditation game sit quietly for an hour tara sanube said so uh, I think it'd be great. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of my mind kind of drifted to the bar thing too. Um, but uh, you know, been there, done that, I guess. But but I, I just I guess I just really want to go into Chalmers and order a drink from O'Hare. Like I want to tug on his uh, sleeve. <laughs> Tugging on O'Hare's sleeve does sound great. Maybe someday I will uh, I will get fully into to VR. This is such a cool use of it. I, mm-hmm. I, I like that you walk into not like this great. Um, fantasy setting but a real world fantasy set fantasy setting of look at all the pinball machines and collectibles in here <laughs> yeah 
in virtual reality. And I was reading that's what you win if you do well at the pinball games mm-hmm. is you win collectibles to put on your wall. And it's like, wow, this we're virtual reality. That is all physically possible. Yeah. In real life. It's getting there. I'm telling you, like, and, and I, 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 it's so funny. Anytime we talk about video games and we kind of ask ourselves these questions, like what other games do you want? And you have some fun answers, silly answers. And sometimes those are also our truths or our silly answers. Um, but I got to a VR really involved. I want to be sitting, but a, a VR pod racing game. I don't know why I always go to pod racing. I want to, I want a pod racing sim game where I manage a pod racing team. I want all, but imagine sitting down in your, in your, on your couch at your house or, uh, you know, my couch here and just having the feeling of being in a pod. It'd be insane. Yeah. It'd be insane. No, that the, yeah. The feeling of speeding through a pod. Great. Yeah. Cause I want to sit. Yes. I Yes. <laughs> Because I, yeah, I, I went through the great uh, Nintendo Wii change where I thought that was going to change my life. I had to be like, yeah, man, if I could play a video game and I had to physically do those things, I'd be so healthy. And then within like seconds, everyone I knew figured out like, you know, you could do tennis sitting down. <laughs> so I just, I'll embrace the honesty. I want to be able to sit down during uh, VR. I love I love the idea that you could sit in a pod and you get that feeling of racing. But, you know, you have also... Uh, you have uh, preached so mm-hmm. so well on your desire for the managing of yeah. a pod racing mm-hmm. circuit or team. I'd also be happy with a VR game when I could, I'm just behind a desk. <laughs> uh, bring me the reports on on how this uh, how this person's doing. Uh, <laughs> what are Team Toast stats? Love that. I absolutely love that Team Toast stats. Uh, uh, yeah, that's great. So. Uh, yeah, you. Oh, well, I, I, can, I can really get lost in the podcast. But I just got to find a way to design the game and we, let's sell it. Let's force center game it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, that's it. So Star Wars uh, Virtual VR is coming your way April 29th for those who love those kind of fun games. We're almost out of here for a quick break. On the other side, your questions. But before we do that, we're going to do uh, the Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we got? That is right from the High Republic. It was the book that I've been reading this weekend. I think uh, some of our listeners have probably already finished it. But for those of you who haven't, we think you should give a listen to Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray, always uh, one of our favorite authors here on Four Center. And this is her first journey into the High Republic. And we are going to be doing a deep dive uh, book review discussion soon. So if you want to be all caught up with us, you can check it out here. Check it out on us indeed at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. All right, quick break. Let's reset and come back and take your questions here on force. Center. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. We are about to take your questions from Twitter, from Patreon, and Joseph, let's get on to it. That is right. Uh, we've always got two questions from Twitter, two questions from our patrons on Patreon. So we go first to Twitter. Uh, this question came for us, came to us from Dante Palpatine. <laughs> uh, here is what it says. Din is the rightful, yet uninterested, wielder of the Darksaber. Unable to just pass it along, he must find a way to allow another person to earn the relic. The answer is simple. Let's get ready to rumble. Din sets up a royal rumble. Winner gets the Darksaber, including participants from all eras who will be the Mandalorian holding the Darksaber high above their head at the end. Uh, Ken, this is a great question. And since we were just talking about pinball, I'm now picturing it as a pinball battle. But I don't think that's what Dante was asking. No, no, no. It some professional wrestling talk here. So, yeah, we, you got battle royals, which is, say, 30 combatant, combatants in a ring at once. But Royal Rumble, they uh, two start, and then every two minutes, sometimes a minute, minute 30, they'll enter the ring. All right, so this is great. It's my favorite wrestling event, actually. Uh-oh. Okay, is it because you get to, like, cycle through different personalities and ideas clashing? I mean, you honestly literally just explained it <laughs> using your theme skills to explain it. The appeal of it is, especially as a kid, when you're, you know, a lot of times, whether it's the, the simple idea of heels and faces, but just people that wrestlers that aren't working together often in matches and you get to see them and, and, and you get to see, well, two bad guys must face off and well, two guys, good guys work together, but then if they're the last two, will they turn on each other? Yeah, it's, it's exactly what you described. And, <laughs> and, and as someone who's booked some of these matches for a small independent wrestling company, they're really fun 
to book and put together and tell a great story with. So uh, I, I'm, I'm all about it, Dante. This is a great question. Uh, to run through the list of all, of all I mean, you know, who, who are you going to put 30 folks in the ring? Uh, you know, you got, you know, Casca Reeves has the advantage right now because Sasha Banks, uh, Mercedes Bernardo has been in Royal Rumble. Oh, so, you know, damn. Um, uh, so I, I would put some, some money down on her. But I, uh, as far as who wants it, I mean, going through all eras here, I, you know, I, I wouldn't trust Paz uh, 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 Previsla or Paz Vizla. I wouldn't trust them. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, you know, Grievous is frighteningly enough. Grievous might be really good in this. He's hard to move, hard to get a hold of. You can't kick or punch him. He's got four. Wow. Arms. I don't want him to win. He might be a good choice. Do you think he's just invading the Mandalorian battle? Yes, I think he's. Uh, I think uh, he's. He wants a good fight. He just wants the power, right? He wants to prove he's the greatest warrior. I mean, that's kind of a good Royal Rumble if it's like mostly Mandalorians and then Grievous just shows up. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't invited, dude. Yeah, you weren't like, there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I drew number thirty. Um, yeah, that, that might be. It. And that, that's not for storyline's sake. I don't know. You know, I would. I would. I would. I want. She doesn't want it right. Sabine is still, I, I want her to one day grow into it. You know, I don't feel yeah. I think she was right to pass it on. I think, I think Bo-Katan was the right choice at that point, but I still look at Sabine and go, Hey, maybe one day when you're ready and when you want it, this could be yours. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I had fun just trying to make a list of Mandalorians and, you know, Sabine. And then of course I know it's controversial open for discussion, but you know, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, mm-hmm. you got Din, Bo-Katan, Pre Vizsla, the armor, uh, Corky. <laughs> Tar Vizsla, Casca Reeves, Axe Woves, a bunch of other, uh, you know, all, all of Sabine's family, uh, all these characters. Uh, you, you got a lot to work with. Mm. Um, but I think the thing that fascinates me about this whole fight is, uh, you know, as fans, it's a real fun discussion always to have the, uh, well, who who is the toughest, who's the most clever, who's got the best, you know, uh, equipment. Uh, but, like, intrinsic to the Darksaber, is the story of, you know, who deserves it, right? Right. And it feels like, okay, well, maybe if I was at, being asked, like, who would win the fight, I might, in terms of just who's the biggest badass, mm. uh, it might be one thing, but much like wrestling, right? It's mm-hmm. it's about the story. It's about right. who earns it, who's going to move it forward, right? Um, totally. So I think if it was truly for me, in across eras, you got a time scoop from Doctor Who and you can put anybody, <laughs> any Mandalorian yeah. in this, uh, I think there's a massive battle. I think everybody is bleeding, wounded. Mm. Uh, and then she was never on the actual ticket. But I think uh, once they're all worn down, I think uh, Satine walks in uh, with mm. a, a blaster set on stun and just <laughs> zaps the last person and takes it because <laughs> uh, okay. Satine is somebody who is focused on it's yeah. not about the battle. It's about the leadership. I like this. Uh, it's like playing Fortnite uh, with out uh, violence, uh, the pacifist uh, way. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I could be behind that idea. Uh, yeah, she to me is still, uh, you know, Bo-Katan deserves it. Deserves it. Sabine deserves it. But I think Satine, man, that's you're right. That's the one that really. If, yeah, if you're talking about all eras, uh, you know, I love. I really love where where actual Mandalorian left off this story mm-hmm. of yeah, Din doesn't want it now, but. Yeah. He might come to one. And if Satine shows up, you get Obi-Wan, cut to Obi-Wan in the crowd. 
Like, oh my, what do I do? (laughs) I think he's rooting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only other complication for this for me is, uh, is Grogu a Mandalorian? That would, that would change things. Oh yeah. Uh, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, Great. Very fun question, uh, Dante Palpatine. Uh, Any other uh, thoughts before we move on, Ken? No, I mean, I apologize for inserting Grievous in there. I just think he wouldn't care and he's uh, he's he's tough but i still think sabine i'll, I'll go with sabine okay sabine sabine or grievous no i love that you inserted uh grievous because i mean that that's a part of this story of like uh who is a mandalorian who isn't this, this saber is about honor and it's great to just have this uh coughing a-hole like i don't care <laughs> okay. have i told you i have four arms watch this uh, great question. We're going to move on to our next question from Lanky S. Daw. Uh, Lanky says, did you have any Star Wars expectations of prequels, sequels, or other stuff that you not now find retrospectively weird? Mm. Uh, great question. Ken, was, was were there expectations that you've had over the years that, looking back, are now like, why did I think that? Or... It was weird that I thought that. <laughs> yeah, this is a great question. And I, I got to tell you, this one of, one of the ones that we just might find another way to come back to another time because I, I was racking my brain and there's a lot there. And, and you know, you're going back in time. Um, I, I'll, I'll say a lot of, if not all of my Luke stuff for the sequels was a little bit more, I hope he comes running down the mountain with a flaming sword and, and kills everybody, which is just a weird thing, you know. But I think there's some excitement there. Um, it wasn't that I just completely misinterpreted uh, what I saw in Return of the Jedi. I, I didn't, but it was just like, you're excited. You want him to get involved in the fight, which is part of the understandable disappointment felt by some. Uh, and, he, you know, I, I complicated the conversation. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think some of the, looking back, I mean, I was really, really big on an idea of uh, of uh, Luke uh, and, and Ray going to find uh, her mother. Mm. And like it actually being like, She's got a lightsaber too. Let's all go. Let's go. Go fight the bad guys. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great for la- an expectation for Last Jedi. Yes, coming out of Force Awakens. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's retrospectively weird, but like going back to my my earliest uh, uh, memories of having time between Empire and Return of the Jedi to speculate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, uh, part of the power of Return of the Jedi to me at that time was. The question was simply, can Luke become strong enough to kick his father's ass? <laughs> I was, you know, quite young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it was just like that. That was the question. There wasn't another one. It was, could Luke beat him? You know, because yeah. you know, I was around kids on the playground. That's how they talked. You know, I have memories of my brother saying like, I don't know what's going to happen because Luke's never going to be powerful enough to stop Darth Vader. And I'd get mm. real upset and be like, yes, he is. Mm. He's going to learn to throw those boxes back at Darth Vader. There's no way. Um, so I think that's, it's not necessarily, it's weird to think about now because I've lived with the, the truth of Return of the Jedi for, for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, definitely that. Um, there were those rumors going around, right? Ken, back me up on this mm-hmm. or tell me I'm full of hooey uh, that we would see Han as a kid in the prequels at some point. Yeah, right. I, I think uh, 12, 13 year old Han, or maybe a little younger, right? On Kashyyyk, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I think that was maybe a part of some uh, some outlines, I think, or, yeah. or that kind of thing. But I remember, uh, for whatever the actual truth is that is easily, easily Googleable, um, the experience for me was that push pull by the time we we're getting toward Revenge of the Sith, where um, 
you know, fans, friends of mine who'd grown up with the original trilogy and had all those kind of standard uh, complaints about the prequels of like, it's not fun. We, we wanted, we expected to see how Darth Vader cut down all the Jedi. We don't need to spend a bunch of time with him, you know, as a kid and yeah. wooing uh, Padme. And we don't need all these answers. We don't need everything to be connected. You know, there was so much umbrage about uh, Vader having a connection to 3PO. So on one hand, every Star Wars conversation was the list of, <laughs> of umbrages uh, uh, at Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, but still before Revenge of the Sith, then people would be like, but maybe like Han with acne, that would be cool. <laughs> like, why did we want that? Why did anybody want yeah. that? You know? Yeah, I think it was uh, yeah, sc- yeah, scrambling for that kind of connection. Indeed, you mentioned the prequels and the Anakin stuff. I, I, I look them back, I, I think, because there, there's, I'm trying to separate just like seeing a trailer and going, oh, here's what I think the movie's about. Uh, that can lead to weird expectations for certain. We've been living in that world the last five years. But like I always say, the Phantom Menace trailer is still one of my favorite trailers, but also I still kind of wonder that movie that I thought I was going to see out of that one, but it was just the, the plot points were a little more jumbled up. You know, I thought they're, yes, they're escaping out of a planet under, in a big fight and, and we got all of it. It just, I think I, I was expecting it in a different way. So I wouldn't call it too weird, but I I'm there on the Anakin stuff. I, I, I often say I'm, I, um, I never watched Star Wars on the surface. I, I, I will defend myself there, but I, I'm part of that generation that maybe missed what George was trying to do. And I just was, I, I, I wanted Anakin to fall sooner. And I wanted to him see a movie, spend a movie with him chasing around and cutting Jedi in half, you know, because that to <laughs> yeah. me was the fall of Vader. The fall of Vader was uh, I'm, I'm evil. And this is what I'm going to do. Not this, um, not what we got. And, and now as time goes on and the more you and I dive into these things, the more I watch clone wars and see the connections, I'm so happy I wasn't writing the prequels um, and, 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 and like where we're at, but I had, so I, I won't call it weird, but you know what I mean? Just of like, I look back and go, why did I just want Darth Vader to be a cool, badass murdering people? Yeah. And I mean, I think there's, there's a lot to unpack there and, and we have in some episodes, we did an episode a little while back about like why we enjoy villains. And you know, yeah, yeah. I think there is, there is a power to the weight of hearing Obi-Wan you know, talking a new hope about this horrible tragedy that Vader helped, you know, hunt down and destroy the Jedi, that there is a a fascination with wanting to see that. I think a, a desire to be able to process tragedy in a safe way. Um, but then there's the, there's that flip side of it where, yeah, it would have sucked to have lost all of the depth and the nuance so we could get as much chopping time as possible. Right. You know, in that mm-hmm. that balance, and it's part of the reason I love the Rogue One hallway scene because it gets a little bit of that. Like, yeah, that's what Vader was—an unstoppable, horrific mm-hmm. force. Uh, but it's not the whole movie, you know. And not the point there. And the the final one for me, looking back, I I, I was, um, you know, there was some some stuff with Snoke, and we didn't not knowing who Snoke really was, and not knowing the big connections, having great wonderful theories, but also just you know the idea that there was other apprentices he had taken. I I was really excited about the possibility of an apprentice fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh that that's how kylo would have been challenged yeah. in, in last jedi part of his uh completed training uh you know just great uh, you gotta fight you gotta fight these apprentices you know not saying it's yeah. weird or that it couldn't have been cool or done done in a certain way but i was really up on that one yeah yeah I, two more for me uh, mm-hmm. i'll make them make them short uh, but uh for the phantom menace trailer uh I was so excited because it's a trailer, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a teaser up to a point, uh, sometimes literally a teaser trailer yeah. of, so there's an assumption of like, 
moments you see will be expanded upon, right? Which I have since learned. That's not how it works. Right. Um, but I remember being so incredibly excited that we would learn exactly what uh, the the Sith wanted revenge for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. uh, so the, you know, at last we will reveal ourselves. At last we will have uh, revenge. Yeah. I, could. I was so pumped going into Phantom Menace for the the PowerPoint presentation yeah. from the Sith of why they disliked the Jedi and what they were getting revenge for, which, you know, in it's so funny because a lot of these ideas eventually do play out. There's great moments in canon of of Maul feeling unwanted and like the the pain he he uh, experienced uh, in his Sith training, being basically raised by Palpatine, raised in hate as a weapon that he wouldn't have had to endure that if maybe the Jedi came for him. So it gives a little bit of a personal reason. And then of course, you know, in, in the much bigger picture, like that's, that's part of the point is mm. the, this desire for revenge is empty and pointless. The Jedi didn't do anything. Yeah. It's that that's what these dark siders need to feel as they always need to feel that there's a, you know, an other to hate and, and the Jedi are great great uh, place to direct that energy so mm-hmm. i think that's maybe a weird one uh gotcha. and and kind of uh matches uh, uh my growth and understanding of star wars is like yeah there's there's not a particularly intriguing answer for that it's supposed to be empty that's part of the point yeah <laughs> uh and then last one for me is uh, is uh, a force center classic looking back on our very early days mm-hmm. um that uh, episode we did in your in your old bedroom yeah <laughs> uh, a couple homes ago uh for you uh when uh we were doing the build up to force awakens and i thought that luke would be in the whole third act which that isn't that unreasonable right. but i remember just being like it, it's this we're seeing a movie that's not advertising the third act at all like there's going to be new posters once the film comes out with luke in the corner cuz you know like cuz he's going to be in it so much and right uh happy to end up being wrong about that one as well but like yeah that maybe maybe the single weirdest one that i ever had is like once the force awakens come out there'll be new posters with luke on them we uh, yeah i remember those discussions it just seemed you couldn't fathom any other way though right yeah it's it, mark hamill's all over like yeah. he's in the credits come on yeah yeah oh <laughs> uh, the heady days of uh, mid 2015 race <laughs> exactly I, I thought for a second when i saw this question i was like I, I should maybe dig up an old Jedi Alliance episode with a mod and I going through news and everything. You're going to have a lot of, you know, you're going to have a lot of those. Hey, you saw a picture and you took a guess. So there's all, all that. But I, the, the spirit of this question was those weird expectations. So great question. More to come maybe on that. Absolutely. So we'll move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. First one comes from Mac. Mac says, so recently I've been doing a Game of Thrones rewatch. While revisiting it, I think my favorite scenes in the entire show are the ones which are Arya and the Hound when they're basically just walking through the countryside bantering and getting into the occasional shenanigans. So my question is, if there was a show, doesn't really matter what it's about, that featured two Star Wars characters off on the side in a similar setting, just walking and bantering with occasional shenanigans, which two would you choose? Throw all timeline, logistics, etc. out the window, just any two characters from all of Star Wars. Uh, I think I would have to go with the old curmudgeon Yoda from Empire and K2SO. <sighs> feel like the banter would be absolutely amazing and K2 constantly stirring the pot and getting them yeah. into trouble would annoy Yoda so much. It would be interesting, fun, and hilarious. As always, I love all the shows. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Mac. Thank you for the yeah. awesome question. Uh, 
there there is a strong desire, I think, in the Star Wars fandom for a, a Doctor Who time scoop in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Just dump dump the characters together from different time periods, <laughs> which is really great and really fun. I, I know people probably don't literally want that, but yeah. it is a great uh, way to explore the characters and how they relate mm-hmm. might relate to one another. Yeah. Uh, Ken. Obviously a question close to your heart, uh, being a diehard Game of Thrones fan. Uh, I'm with Mac. The Arya and the Hound thread is one of the best parts of the show for me. Where do you go with this? Uh, where do I go? I'll tell you what. I went to, I got three spots here. Uh, Dr. Afra and almost anybody. Um, <laughs> I love Afra of the character. I've been, I've been catching up with the, the comic. And, and, and I love Afra of the character. And sometimes I'm as annoyed with her as the other characters in the story are. Like, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like she, they, she just brings that to the, to the table and, and she's a great character. So almost her, I mean, her and Santa Staros are some of my favorite adventures and favorite stories. Um, so I could say that, but almost Dr. Afrin anybody. Cause she, cause she, she has a way. <laughs> <laughs> she has a way. Um, and then I got this, I got Shriven Lando. Ooh. Yeah. So that, you know, clearly, you know, we get a good, we get to play a level with them and it's, it's one of my favorite levels and Shriv, you and I have talked about one of our favorite characters, Lando, one of my favorite characters. The idea that the 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 uh, scoundrelly, smooth-talking playboy of the galaxy and the sardonic, well, I didn't even want to be here today, uh, <laughs> sidekick, uh, running around just uh, high to their adventures. Like, I, I could take a Shriv and Lando comic for you know uh do that or a side game or a, you know not any, anything i'd love i'd love them yeah they are on that mission together on battlefront too aren't they yeah yeah it's great it's really fun yeah and that is a that's a banter rich episode or uh, oh, mission yeah it's it yeah it really is and and made you just kind of you already kind of liking trip but then uh, the way he plays uh you know dan, dan donahue we always shout out great voice work for that uh, yeah yeah mm. So who's your third? This is an alternate timeline. Talk about dumping, uh, you know, people from all timelines. This is all the same era. I want Han, Chewie, and Ray in the timeline team up that it really couldn't happen if we wanted the galaxy to be saved. But when Han offers her a job and she's like, are you offering me a job? And maybe correctly turns it down. What are those adventures like? <laughs> the old man, the young ingenue, and the co-pilot best friend like going around the galaxy doing jobs i don't know like i don't know i just something about it uh just their their kind of uh, warm banter you know he's he's not he's not never mean to her he's tough but never but just the, the compressor issue everything i could just i could take i could take that that's that's a little like uh, hound and, and aria for me yeah, I was going to say that is such a an essential part of the vibe of Arya and the Hound, right? Of Arya yeah. is uh, obviously they, they are in conflict with one another in so many different ways. But the Hound is being this weird father figure that yeah. and he doesn't want to be right. Doesn't want to be. And, and perhaps in the end gives her the best advice she ever gets, you know. So I, I think uh, it would have been it would have been that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Again, it, so alternate timeline because <laughs> we just don't have movies at that point. But. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he has to fight Phasma. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. come on, it's practically Star Wars. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I picked three as well. Um I don't know if I did a great job jumping around the timeline because they're all characters who same, who yeah. I guess could end up in the same place. You know, I often go to Kenobi because I think uh, obviously he is my one of my favorite characters, but a lot of these who would you want in a thing is that Kenobi has so many facets to his personality sometimes. Uh, when somebody a little bit more 
assertive or risk taking is around him, he kind of takes a step back into being the sort of mm. uh, lecturing, you know, let's do it the way we're supposed to kind of guy. But left to his own devices, he, he springs traps and, mm. and he's very snarky. And he's he's uh, Mac uses this great uh, phrase of uh, stir in the pot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kenobi in conversation is a pot stir, right? I mean, he oh, yeah. loves to poke at people and find out what they actually think. Oh. Um so the version of fate where uh, where Leia makes it to Tatooine, Luke doesn't particularly get involved. You know, Kenobi and Leia try to go on a mission and, you know, they get stranded. Almost all these are, in my mind, like they're on a mission and they get stranded on a planet and they need to work it out together. But so Kenobi and Leia together would be uh, just a, a masterclass in snark. Mm, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, and, and Leia's, you know, as we've been discussing uh, on deep dive episodes about her journey, you know, she's, she's, she could be wound pretty tight. She's got a lot of responsibilities, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, would, would Kenobi poke at her? <laughs> yeah. Would, <laughs> to, uh, yeah. Try to, you know, teach her some patience or teach her, I don't know. Yeah. Open up to her feelings, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or would she just be, you know, super mad at him for not being more proactive these last years? Yeah. Yeah. Be great. Be some great stuff. Uh, and then venturing a little bit more into the straight comedy. Uh, so uh, Kylo Ren and C-3PO. <laughs> uh, my weird headcanon for, for this story, this is just the way my mind works where I try to make sense of them, uh, even though I could just scoop them from time like Mac yeah, is yeah. asking. Um, you know, what if 3PO had some knowledge inside him that Kylo needed? Right. So the height of the First Order conflict. And so Kylo couldn't do what every bone in his body wants to do, which is just hack him to bits, mm. hack him into such small bits that they can never put him back together again. Cause Kylo's got to have a relationship with this droid, right? Yep. Like, has there, has there ever been moments where like, uh, you know, young Ben was mad because he felt like, you know, three PO got more attention than him. And he's, you know, he's this incredibly powerful force user. And all he wants to do is pull him apart mm. bolt by bolt with his mind. And he can't. And three PO is just, yeah, lecturing him, poking <laughs> at him, and talking about his childhood. And <laughs> I gotta imagine there's a ten, like an incident where like a ten year old Kylo spun three PO in the air, uh, just like almost like Luke did on uh, on Endor, but just like tormenting three PO because he's got to make him do his homework or something. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I mean Kylo. I think three PO definitely was the the victim of an uh, accidental force tantrum at some point, right? Right. And, and, and what I love too, oh, this is, this goes down rabbit holes, doesn't it? Of just the idea that, uh, you know, Leia's like, Ben, don't you dare do that again. And then Han's like, yeah, yeah. And then mom leaves the room. And he's like, I got to tell you, I never liked that goldenrod droid too. <laughs> do what you want, kid. <laughs> just give him a little push. Yeah. It's okay. Don't, a little trip. Don't break him. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then my final is uh, kind of inspired by something that's real. I think one of the, the best examples of this kind of odd couple stuck together on a mission is uh, that Clone Wars uh, two-parter with Mace Windu and Jar Jar, where Mace mm. is stuck with Jar Jar, which is that great, like, uh, I got to, okay, all right, yep. fine, yep. I'll find a way. Uh, but what entertained me is maybe a little bit later in, in both their lives of uh, – Jar Jar on a mission with Maul. <laughs> I think there's something about that to me that like those, they were the two yeah. opposing lightning rods of, of our generation's experience yeah. of, 
of Phantom Menace. Like every bit of merchandising had mall all over it. Everything yeah. was about mall. All of us who wanted cool action and and you know even more deadly villains is mall. And then oh, Jar Jar stepped in some poopy. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the opposing factions of uh of the phantom menace in the in the cultural mind um yeah. but then they both have gone on to have this these journeys of being these more sympathetic mm-hmm. tragic characters so you know is there a real opposites attract where they could almost bond over their uh, uh tragedy and uh the 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 conflict that kept popping into my mind when i was thinking about this is you know jar jar does seem to have this sort of weird uh you know stumbling luck where he he wins out and he survives through being clumsy almost and how much that would just after all the pain that malls endured just like mm. how do you bumble through life and survive yeah. <laughs> how does every failure help you i don't understand jaja banks <laughs> this is a great you know they did uh was it uh callus and um uh, Zeb, uh, yes. uh, and then it's, it's, you know, Enemy Mine, the great movie from the 80s, which I always love, saw in theaters, gosh. Um, is that kind of bo- almost a bottle episode, but two two enemies being stuck together. Uh, come on, two ships crash, it's Jar Jar and Darth Maul and some godforsaken planet. They need each other to survive. It could be, it could be, it could actually happen in canon. Yeah. Disney Plus show, let's make it happen. <laughs> Maul and Jar Jar go a-walking. Yeah. <laughs> A great Disney Plus show. Uh, this is a very fun question mm-hmm. from Mac. Uh, unless you got any other thoughts, Ken, we'll move on to our last question. Oh, I just want all these stories now. Me too. So we can at least write them in our in our head, Canon. Uh, for now, we'll go to PQ, uh, which uh, spoiler stands for a full name that we'll get to. Have you ever seen something in Star Wars across any media that has made you want it? want to show it to a friend who is ambivalent about Star Wars. Uh, let me give you an example. My sister is a huge Muppets and Labyrinth fan and even did puppet theater. In Rise of Skywalker, when Lando tells his Muppety cab driver to get going and they respond, okay, I immediately lost it and thought, my sister needs to see this. Signed, Pat Quinn. Uh, shout out to Coloni, the Muppety cab driver. Mm-hmm. So great, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Ken, where do you go with this? What kind of moments have made you go like, ah, oh, I should show it to this friend or this friend might love Yeah, I, so this is a great question. And I kind of went in maybe a general sense because I'm trying to think of those specific moments, um, you know, because there's always, you know, I, I had seen Solo a couple days before you and was like, I can't wait till he sees that weirdo. Uh, there's that, <laughs> but you're, you're not ambivalent towards Star Wars. Um, so there's been, for me, it isn't uh, oh my gosh, a specific moment. So-and-so needs to see this. It's, it's how can I further my love, which is my journey for sure. But just like, I want sometimes people to get pulled in a little bit more if they are, yeah, I love Star Wars or I love the movies, but I don't do the TV shows or I don't go into the animated shows um, or I didn't uh, love that movie or I didn't love that storyline. That's where I went with it. So uh, I honestly, I just did this two weeks ago. I've sent uh, the link to your Ray's journey counseling episode a few <laughs> times to people um, of like, I, I get what you I get what you're saying about Rise of Scott. Why don't you listen to this episode? Just tell me what you think. I haven't heard back. It's been, but, um, so I do that. Um, but the two kind of my twin sons episode of rebels and then lost stars by Claudia gray, which was 
especially back in the day, but, but just one of those, like you're looking to start with books, go with this because it is so familiar. It's events that, you know, it's fun. It's classic. It's easy to digest because it's uh, for maybe a quote unquote younger audience, uh, but it's going to make you feel things. And it takes you right into where we're going with the new era. Uh, like a lot of folks recommended that one a lot. And it's generally worked. I've only had a couple of uh, not, not necessarily for me. Uh, Twin Sun, same thing. I have, I have, won't, shout them out specifically, but some folks I know even in the Star Wars talking space are like, oh, I love it. I just don't do the animated shows. And I'm like, totally great. Uh, I understand that. I want them to watch Twin Sons, Rebels, Kenobi, Maul, and see the power and the potential of of what could be done with those stories. I'll, I'll, I'll suggest that one a lot. That's really, really great. And those are, yeah, twin sons. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's such a great, great uh, recommendation. Lost Stars, yeah. both really great things. Um, yeah, I think for me that it books, I definitely think of specific uh, people who are maybe not sure about the books themselves or, you know, uh, they they have like Star Wars in the past, but aren't sure about all this new stuff or, you know, really can't get into the sequels because they feel like there's this perspective that's left out. Um you know, there's a lot of great books. I think the Princess Leia and Rebel Rising, I recommend a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for movies, yeah. So my dad, you know, grew up loving uh, Westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would watch some with him on like Saturday afternoons when they were just on television. And, you know, he really facilitated uh, my brother and I loving Star Wars. And he really liked Han Solo. And I think it, one of the only things... He liked Star Wars because it made his kids happy. But I don't know if he loved Star Wars, but he always liked Han Solo. And the line that he always would say is, never tell me the odds. I like that one. You know, and it, it, it was, you know, the part of Star Wars that spoke to the kind of characters that he grew up with, Han Solo really represented. So when I saw Solo, in particular, the train heist, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's such a, even though it's winter, it's it's so westerny because it is a train heist. It is you know, the characters down in the valley surrounded by mountains um, that that made me in the theater think of my dad and made me think like, I don't know if my dad would, you know, super uh, enjoy the sequel movies, but he'd really love Solo. Uh, so I got I actually got a copy of on physical media of Solo and sent it to my dad. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, I, you know, it, it was not is powerful it's not powerful enough for me to go like here you should watch this because you do you will love it but it's very very similar to um pat's question Mm -hmm. about a very specific moment bulio's delivery uh in rise of skywalker of win the war Mm -hmm. there's i love that line in the second i heard it in that first screening i thought of you and uh, and i thought of Many other friends of mine uh, who are generally our age, who have a, a similar sensibility, who like those kinds of just sort of a uh, weird, fun moments. And I thought a lot of my friends who have just kind of soured on Star Wars, mm. it's too much or too involved, or they didn't like the prequels or they didn't like the sequels. And it's just like, it's one of those moments that I always, that I always think like, that's an example, of like the, just the exact kind of flavor that I know some of my friends like mm-hmm. who are no longer, you know, <laughs> who are no longer with Star Wars. <laughs> and it's always like, but you would like so many moments. Check out Bulio win the war. Win the war. I just watched that this morning on the day of this recording and uh, <laughs> smiled heartily. Love it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the delivery, but it's also the setup of, you know, what can we do for you? Like win the war. Like it's just a real easy thing to do, but it's also the, at the same time, like, 
yeah, of course. That's why I'm passing you dangerous information and risking my life because I want you to win the war. Come on. Win the war. And, and uh, it, I, you know, obviously now you can't unhear hear Hamill doing the voice, but it's for the first viewing, had no, you know, you'd have no idea. You're taking it all in. And I, I, I was laughing this morning too going, how, how did I not know it was him the second I heard it? I don't know. I, just, I was just so caught up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So those are some moments uh, from me. Any others from you, Ken? No, I'm going to go make a list of uh, who I who I need to send some Star Wars to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Pat, Mac, Lanky, and Dante. Oh, man, I want a T-shirt that's uh, one of those and, 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 because there are some great names together. Uh, but thank you all for the questions. Those are our questions, Ken. Those are our questions. We are almost out of here. I want to let you know where you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Look for a new prompt question Soon we pin it to the top and hey, uh, you can submit questions there. It's just easier for us, i.e. Joseph, to find them when he gathers <laughs> the questions. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Podcast is available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Amazon Music and other spots. And if you have another spot that, hey, you're listening to us right now, but you wish we were on somewhere else, just hey, maybe let us know and we can see if we can get on there. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. New patrons, uh, we love having you come on board and support the adventures here. Got my own thing going on at uh, catnapsock.com. By that, I mean, you know, I just talk into microphones about uh, nerdy things and my life. Uh, check out everything there. You can follow me at catnapsock. We like to highlight charities that we uh, are uh, supporting or working with in real life. And I've been uh, supporting one. Uh, this week in honor of a, a listener over the good people, uh, Jesse Roach, who's uh, got a close connection to epilepsy. And so the Epilepsy Foundation of America is uh, an organization that uh, is uh, getting us all together to fight epilepsy. So you can check that out at their website. That is great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all my other comedy adventures. Going to be doing that uh, Muppets episode of my other podcast, Obsessed, with my wife, Sarah. If you are a Muppets fan, which I know there's a lot of Star Wars and Muppets crossover in the fandom, so you can all find all that stuff, links to all of it, on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, and, and the thing that I'm going to uh, continue to shout out is a service called ResistBot. Uh, you can get it on desktop. You can get it on your phone. Uh, you can text. You can tweet, I believe. Uh, you can do lots of very, very easy uh, communication with ResistBot, and it will uh, super easy to sign up for. And then it will, you'll just uh, ask it, uh, you know, say a word, and it will uh, let you know where you can send. Uh, thoughts on everything that's going on in the world in terms of your elected leaders, uh, if it's, you know, Senate and or House or at whatever level of government that you want to let your voice uh, be heard. I just think it's so important that uh, sometimes we can feel like we don't have uh, power because uh, we only have a little sliver of power as citizens, but it's important to use it. It's important to let our representatives know when we really want them to support something. It's important for us to let them know when they are supporting something uh, that is super important to us so that they know that uh, they should continue that fight. I just think that there's a lot of really important stuff going on. And this is such a simple, fast, direct way to use the power that we have. Absolutely. Uh, it's a good kind of power. Use that one. Not the unlimited power and the search <laughs> of the dark side. Great stuff. 
Always support that here at Force Center. So uh, that is it this week, a full show. So for the Bad Batch, for Shriv, for Lando, and the journey of Ray and old Grumpy Han that we didn't see, we will see you next time here on Force Center.